This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station, and I'm Ruby Chai. When it comes to fashion, there is this magic of when you look good, you'll feel good. And you'll feel empowered and confident when you wear a suit or when you wear that killer heels that you only spare for special occasions. And two girls brought that mentality and made it into a business. Founders Cecilia Oi and Maxine Ko have been running this business since 2014 with more than 1,400 products ranging from clothing, accessories and homeware available on their website. They are Bash Clothing and they are here today to share their eight-year journey with us. Hey girls! I'm Maxine. I'm Cecilia. We are the co-founders of Fresh Coding and we're really excited to be here at BFN. I want to talk a little bit about how everything came about. Both of you studied accounting and finance and had corporate jobs as well. And in uni, both of you said that you earned side income to fund your uni university life. Why did you decide to start a business together? And instead of, you know, finding a part-time job like a typical university student and what do you guys sell at that moment? Okay, uh, so we decided to start a business together because uh, we were always interested in, you know, the, uh, the business side of things since we actually decided that we wanted to do an accounting and finance degree afterwards as well. So naturally, we had some entrepreneur spirit in us and we also um, really l- loved shopping. We were like frequent shoppers ourselves. So uh, we were really shopaholics. So we wanted to, you know, just provide an avenue for people to shop just like us, you know, something that are more affordable. Back then, the, uh, the online shopping scene was was less crowded so they had um, less choices so it was more like you know Zalora or bigger brands out there that are selling probably like something for at least 89 ringgit per piece and we were just university students who didn't have that much money so yeah we wanted to come in there and provide people an alternative. So you guys have always been selling clothes since 2014 right? So how were you able to fund that business as university students and how much was the starting capital? Mm. Okay so the starting capital (laughs) yeah so the funny story is that we didn't uh, we haven't really mentioned this much but the funny story is that we only started it with 500 bucks each so me 500 and Cecilia 500 and that's all it took because basically we were pretty poor as you know uni students and hence uh, 500 at that point seems like a lot already if you ask me now it's like ridiculously small amount like how do you even start a business at 500 but you know it was the beginning of like social media beginning of a lot of e-commerce digital marketing all those uh, things so people haven't really like moved on to online and hence why I think 500 was more than enough for us at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also um, did not start with self-manufacturing and self-designing. So technically, we were just retailing and reselling. So uh, it didn't require us to have a big capital. Mm-hmm. We just had to, you know, maintain a certain amount of inventory and that would be good enough. Right. So uh, tell me about your brand name, Bash Clothing. What is the meaning or the story behind that? Okay, so first thing first, we both love making puns out of everything. <laughs> And bash sounds like best. So, uh, which we thought was really catchy and it's really short and quick. So, we can easily turn that into taglines and campaigns. So, for example, oh, this is the bash top ever. This is the bash thing you will have. Like that kind of thing. So, it's very short and catchy. 
And it also means party and, you know, all things loud and happy, which is uh, what we envision the brand to be. Mm, all right. Uh, let's go down to business and talk about, you know, one of my favorite things as well, clothes. <laughs> right. Uh, you encourage females to wear whatever that makes them feel good because you feel empowered, confident. How have you seen fashion change and has it changed in terms of how females perceive fashion to be over the years? Uh, first thing first, I think I'm really glad to see that Malaysian girls are more empowered to dress however they want now compared to back then. So back then, there will be stigma where like, okay, wearing a boots is just too much. It's too, you know, skanky or whatsoever. But right now, people just embrace whatever they want. I think partly also thanks to social media, TikTok and whatnot. So yeah, people just wear whatever they want nowadays. So the selections that we can bring in is so much more and we don't really have to worry about our um, sense of beauty anymore because back then, although we love all these like, you know, boots and whatnot, but we know they're not very Malaysian. So right now, we can really just be truly ourselves to bring anything that we think, you know, it's nice, it's, you know, empowering and confident. And I, I want to talk about another objective that bash clothing is embracing, which is body sizes, right? That's why you model your clothes with different body shapes and different heights as well. Mm -hmm. However, please correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. many of your tops are only one size and they best fit XS to M sizes only. So how do you make sure that your clothing is and your sizing of the clothing as well is aligned with Bash's main objective? Okay, so uh, a little bit about our business is basically we did start off this whole thing, you know, just uh, helping petites find clothes that fit them because we are both petites. We're both like 150 cm around the range. <laughs> so if you see us in person, we're actually really small. We always shock people like we did you, Lily. So uh, yeah, basically we started this business to, you know, help petite girls and hence why a lot, uh, still I think a big percentage of our clothes is still targeted for petite girls uh, from XS to M. But how However, if you go on our website, you can still see a very uh, pretty growing collection of like clothes that go up to XL. And we're very proud of that. We take pride in it. Uh, mm -hmm. We do try to expand uh, expand the collection for the future as well, bringing more XL clothes or even like bigger than that. Plus sizes. Yes. yes. Right, right, and yeah. the reason why some of them also have a smaller best fit guideline is because we know that, you know, when you shop online, um, we want to be more um, careful. We want to be more uh, conservative with the uh, best fit guide because if we were to say it allows go up to like size XL um, it may actually cause them to uh, purchase something that is a little bit too small so we always try to be a little bit more conservative in terms of the best fit but they usually go up to L as well it's just that you know we want to make sure that uh, it's safer for girls to uh, you know get a more conservative best fit guide Mm, yeah. Right. You also mentioned on your website that there is no compromisation in terms of your quality of the clothing and ensure that everything is handpicked with the insurance of they are what they are. This is a pretty huge claim and statement to make. And why did you decide and want that to be a part of your brand? And what have you put in practice to keep this statement alive? So uh, we ensure that by make, um, including a lot of details, measurements and opacity rating and even, you know, whether or not they come with inner lining, we try to provide a lot of details like this because we know that, you know, when you're online shopping, the worst thing that can happen is that you get a surprise in your parcel that you didn't expect. It's like, this is supposed to be mean green. It's like <laughs> dark blue right now and my eyes are okay, you know. So we try our best to, you know, provide as many details as we can. So which is why... Uh, uh, 
we claim this and because we, we are shoppers ourselves. So we know that this is something that's very important when you're doing online shopping. Mm. Also, like every product that we post online is uh, all like real because we receive it We from the sourcing, from the photo taking and then editing as well. We make sure color is uh, as close as the product. And also like measurements are all like measured by us, not like copy pasted from like manufacturers, etc. So everything is very real. That's why. Right. Um, you handpick the, the products that you want to sell. And with over 1,400 products on your website, from clothing, accessories, shoes and homeware, how do you choose what to bring in? So we choose our product offerings based on trend and also demand. So for example, during MCO, there was definitely a surge in demand for like something that's more comfortable, like loungewear, that kind of thing, since everyone's working from home. So we pivoted from, you know, floral dresses and cute skirts to something that's more comfortable that people can still wear at home so that it gives people a reason to shop even if it's during lockdown. So yeah, we definitely choose uh, based on that. And then we also pay attention to occasions such as, you know, Chinese New Year, Valentine's Day, Christmas, wedding seasons, these kind of things that like people may require an outfit for. And we just uh, look closely to that to make sure that we cater our product offering to customers' needs. Mm. And then, uh, of course, we also uh, source some uh, lifestyle products such as like aesthetic homeware, decor and things like that because we noticed that, you know, after MCO and even during MCO, people were paying more attention to improve their living space as well. So that's why we wanted to just provide a one-stop service for them so that they can shop everything that they need. Right. I want to know where you source your products from because uh, we hear from many businesses from the apparel industry, it is inevitable for them to source their products internationally, especially from China. So where do you source your products from and why did you choose them as your source for now? Mm. We do source from different Asian countries, so like Korea, China, uh, Thailand. Yeah, But mainly the, the reason is because uh, if you source from Asian countries, the clothings are going to fit better to Asian body right. sizes. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense to for us to you know source from further like Europe or US because the clothes are always going to be like too long or too large, too small. Yeah, so we find that like Asian uh, clothings do fit us better, and also in terms of trend as well. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, are you looking to um, have your own label or source nationally, locally? Are you? Uh, do you have any plans for that? You girls heard it here first. Obviously, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to like retail forever. We will definitely want to, you know, create something of our own. And hence, we're actually working on it already. So do stay tuned. It's very exciting for both of us. Yes, right. that's right. Okay, it's time for us to take a short break for some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Cecilia Oi and Maxine Cole, the co-founders of Bash Clothing here on Open for Business, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Be Financially Minded, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I'm Lily Chai. I'm here today with Cecilia Oi and Maxine Cole, the co-founders of Bash Clothing. Just before the break, we were talking about how uh, the whole brand came about and how do they source their products and how do they handpick their products as well. Now, uh, you have a pretty fast 
turnover rate, with having new uh, arrivals and designs every single week. And people are moving towards, you know, more sustainable fashion brands, clothing, and which explains why the booming trend in thrifting, right? So uh, do you claim yourself to be fast fashion and how do you respond to the issue of sustainability in fashion? I think every single Thursday has got to be fast fashion. <laughs> but I think we try to keep uh, things uh, the, uh, at a very healthy level in terms of inventory for ourselves because uh, we will definitely have more designs and so um, the quantity for each may not be as high and we only uh, the quantity will be higher for our bestsellers or like basic items. But we definitely keep a healthy inventory level so that uh, we can prevent any sort of wastage since we do have a lot of designs. And uh, that's why some of it is also on back order basis. So meaning uh, when we are selling out of the ready stocks, we will actually open a back order for customers to you know, sort of place a pre-order and we will fulfill it uh, based on their demand. So there will be no wastage and should. Right. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit of the, the money side of things. Have you become profitable and how long did it take for you to become profitable? So um, as we mentioned just now, we started this business with just 500 ringgit of capital each. So uh, we were almost instantly profitable when we first launched because we you know we started with a very small base and um, it was also priced very attractively so it was easy for us to just you know start uh, have a good start and that's why we actually continued with the business because we saw that this model actually worked you know this um, buy and resell model mm. and that's how everything started right uh, can you share a little bit about your uh, profit margin how does it look like every single week for our profit margin, it's about uh, 30 to 40%, I would say. So uh, we definitely try to keep things affordable for our customers because that's one of our mission from day one. Mm, all right. right. We can't talk about money without asking about what happened during the pandemic, right? And how has the pandemic affected you since people were not out and about? How What happened to the sales? Can you share a little bit about that? So the first few months of business was actually pretty good, like if not even better than pre-pandemic level because people are just stuck at home with nowhere to go and nothing to do. So it's very easy to just turn to retail therapy on your phone. But um, as months passed, like months, even years... <laughs> Uh, our sales definitely took a dip because social activities all took a pause. People can't even return to work as per normal. So there was pretty much no reason why you would need to shop. Yeah, so that's why after that, our sales definitely uh, took a dip. So I say overall, it still brought us a decline in sale. But thankfully, it's now back to pre-pandemic level. Okay, so with 1,400 products and new stocks coming in every week, how do you monetize inventory and dead stock that are, that are not sold? So thankfully, being in like a business of fashion means there's, uh, there's not really a dead stock situation because you know how like vintage will come back, etc. So the piece of your mom's clothing in your the wardrobe will probably still trend right now. Mm -hmm. And hence why uh, ours is, uh, our inventory is never really dead. But then however, to you know try to uh, maintain the healthy level of the inventory, we do do sales campaigns, etc. Those kind of things. Okay, uh, I'm curious, how many people do you have on your team currently? So currently, the full-time employee will be me and Maxine. And we also have like part-time uh, operating staff coming in. So I would say 
a total of three to four. Mm. So, uh, how many orders come in every week? Uh, I think on average per month, we have about 400 to 600 orders. This is uh, on average, but of course, during sales season, we'll have um, up to like 800 to 1,000 orders. Right. Mm. And how is your team able to handle that? And what does the delegation look like in terms yeah. of workload? We have a uh, like a really good team because it's just two of us and then uh, we usually hire. We have really good luck with part-timers. So our part-timers are really quick on their feet as well. So in terms of how we get out our stocks, it's usually like if uh, the orders come in today, we immediately send it out tomorrow and uh, so that the girls will get it ASAP. Right, yeah. okay. Okay, you also place uh, focus on customer rewards, customer service and improving the customer experience as well. So how much is investment? per month or on average into these kind of operations online and how do you optimize these tools as an online business? I would say in total over the years we have um, spent over 20000 in terms of investing on our website uh, experiences and uh, on the monthly basis we still do like a walkthrough uh, from our, uh, on our online store to you know improve the user experience so yeah I would mm. say around there. Right. Okay, uh, let's talk about the partnerships that you have done with various notable brands such as Starbucks, Sephora, uh, Vaseline and Rixona, right? How do you choose who to partner with? Because there is no uh, specific industry that you're looking at. So how do you choose who to partner with? Okay, so we try to have a mixture of both like more established multinational companies that you mentioned and also some local brands so that, you know, our customers can, you know, they don't just see one kind of brand that we work with, which is why you see multiple. And yeah, so how we choose is really just based on the products and also based on the brand. So basically for sampling on products, we're trying to choose brands that are more established because, um, for example, these are fast moving goods or products that people will actually put on their skin and trying to consume and things like that. So we want to make sure that they come from more established brands and um, so that it's safe for our customers and then um, in terms of like you know the vouchers the shout out and things like that we would um, definitely do it for more local brands even smaller brands because we know that um, we want to use our platform to help them grow as well right how did these partnerships benefit your brand and your customers as well as the partners uh, so these partnerships definitely helped our brand to become known as one of the brands that gives the most goodies because we really believing in rewarding our customers so you know we want to make sure that when they open their parcel from us it feels like Christmas uh, unboxing a Christmas present so there are going to be always a lot of goodies inside and it benefits us in a way where customers keep coming back for more because they feel like they have gotten what more than what they have paid for so it feels like a reward for them and it also gives them like excitement in terms of um, things that they can try in the orders um, you know new things that they can try in the parcel new brands that they can um, be known with mm -hmm. and um, and then um, in terms of how they help the businesses so so these businesses actually do um, more effective sampling with our customers and they also get like um, increased exposure when they um, you know send in a voucher with us or also like a, a sample in our parcel so this is how we mutual, uh, mutually benefit from this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And they help with a lot with customer retention from what you, from what I gather. All right. So uh, you also mentioned working with lo local startups, right? Can you share some examples of who you have worked with and how did these collaborations help you and them? So one of the brands that we have worked with would be Amazing Grace. So we have helped them um, give out samples of their products. So definitely, I think like cereals, like food is something that you have to try to love it. So obviously when they receive a little, you know, sample, 
example, in their uh, package, they will definitely try it. And I think that would definitely help in terms of future purchase as well for the brand. And there there was also a voucher in the uh, order where people can actually use to redeem. And I think on that side of things, there will probably be redemption, but uh, I'm not sure like the exact figure. But yes, definitely uh, increased exposure as well from our social media. So we did tag them in our stories and whatnot. So people can easily just, you know, check them out. Right. I have a question, which is what considerations or what do you think about? Is there like a checklist when that you will run through before agreeing to jump on board when you're doing collaborations? It was like, is it like how much the shared percentage is or uh, anything of that sort? So there's actually no profit sharing for all these partnerships. We actually do them for free because we want to like, you know, um, first of all, I think what we get from it would be customer retention and rewards for our customers. And number two would be increased exposure because we do um, um, get in exchange some uh, exposure on their social media and whatnot. So yeah, it's a mutually beneficial thing. There'll be no charges involved. Okay, final question is... What are your future plans besides uh, having your own label? Are you looking to expand into a brick and mortar store or shifting towards more sustainable fashion? What are your plans? Definitely, I do think that it's a dream of ours to have a brick and mortar because customers can uh, personally go anytime they want because right now our HQ is open for try-on but it's on appointment basis. So with a brick and mortar, we definitely uh, get to give that convenience to our customers uh, and also in terms of our own label, then there will be a really like pretty dream as well to you know imagine that mm. yeah but we're already working on self-manufacturing some of our clothing so yeah you can stay tuned to that right right thank you so much for spending time with me Cecilia and Maxine I've been speaking to Cecilia Oi and Maxine Coral, the co-founders of Bash Clothing if you want to know more about Bash Clothing where can they find you? so you can actually go to our website at www.bashclothing.co if you miss any part of this show uh, you can go ahead on our website at bfm.my or the bfm app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. I'm Lily Chai and this has been Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.